John Sheezer, I'm here. Eric Marino. Eric. No, I gotta tell you about the Clippers. Sportsaholics, I gotta. Let's just hope this shit doesn't go viral. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Can you believe it? We are back. It's been it's been weeks. And, uh, happy it holidays. has been weeks, guys. It has been. But we're coast to coast. Uh, I'm Sheezer. You're in Los Angeles. Uh, and I am right now in my hometown of Newton, New Hampshire, where I grew, I'm in my childhood home. I just drove back uh, from New York City today while we're taping this. Oh, that's great. And, guys, you got to know, I got to listen to the Patriots-Buffalo game while I was driving. I'm going to say that that fumble happened because I lost the station connection for a second, and Rex Burkhead had the ball pushed out. Uh, and then, you know, you had to go – I had to go grocery shopping. So I really – you know, like, you know when you have to – Jeez, have you ever had to make a choice between doing what you're supposed to do and watching the game, and you're like, if I watch the game and don't do what I'm supposed to do, we might lose, and then I won't do what I'm. In, but if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'll get rewarded for like good doobie points, and I'll make sure the Patriots win. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. I. I mean, if it's depending on the game, uh, yeah, I, I. I'm not really an errand. I can't really. Sometimes I'm distracted. I'm, I'm one of those all in or nothing. Like I'm either. Well, it was like this. She's. I driven. You know, it's like a four hour drive from Manhattan to New Hampshire, but uh, the local grocery store in New Hampshire closes at nine o'clock on Saturday night. And it's like if either I got to so shop. Cute. So cute. Uh, it's adorable. They don't have 24 hours out here. And so it's one of those things where I was basically pulling into my hometown about halftime. <clears throat> But one of those things are just about the kick, just about the kickoff of the second half, really. You know what I okay. mean? Like I listened to just no. the beginning of the third quarter, but then I had to pull into the grocery store around seven o'clock and get like all like my brother's coming, my dad's coming tomorrow. So it's like get all this like I had to buy a chicken and ground pork and ground beef and because no, we're yeah. making get, meatballs. Get everything fired up. Get the heater. Right. Going. You got to get all this stuff. I mean. Hot, 200 bucks worth of groceries. You know what I'm saying? Comfort. That's what I'm talking. And now when you drove in back into, was the sign still up? Home of Eric Marino, the 1983 state pie eating champion. Was that still faded or did they retouch it up? They've, uh, they've redone it in neon now. It's uh, It's more of a permanent fix. Good, good. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So they retired my spoon. Yeah. So you got $200 worth of turkey and chicken and pie. You know, it's the, you know, the, the holiday meals, the, 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 the mom's chicken soup and the and the merino marinara sauce and the and the Joe Froggers, which is sort of like a molasses cookie that's sort of a local specialty. So that was like my brother's going to be cooking the my mother's Joe Froggers. So we're picking out the old. Right now I'm Beautiful. soaking some Italian bread in water for meatballs, uh, but that's all that's all irregardless. Uh, she's as the Patriots AFC East champs. I've been on these bills. I've been very complimentary of these Buffalo bills all season long. 
they are very, very capable. Uh, they are dangerous. I do not want to see them in the playoffs. Um, and uh, But you know what? I did the shopping, and as soon as I, I literally had loaded the last bag and I got turned the car back on, and it was like, that's it, everybody. Tom Brady takes a knee, and they are your AFC East champion. So that was me being a good doobie and getting what I needed to get done. So she's I, I picture like you're in line and you reach for the Altoids and simultaneously across the store you just hear, yes, yes, yes. It's just <laughs> everyone on their earbuds listening to the game. That didn't happen. Nothing. No, it was, you know what? Like, do you ever have that thing? Like, I mean, I hate to be sexist, but in my family, do it. this do was it. totally the time where my mom would be shopping at the grocery store. She was like, mm-hmm. she just doesn't care about the Patriots. Yeah, so she would let me and my dad also, watch the game, and she would go shopping. And people, so there was yeah. a thing where and it's not that like oh the women go shopping. People forget like sometimes like things get so boring. It's like let's not act like that might not be a nice getaway for the woman that maybe things or just are so- the person, the non-fan. It's not about sex. It's, it's about being a what? non-fan. Like, let's make it sex. Oh, I thought we were doing that, but no. Okay. No, no. You. I'm saying I'm saying the non-fan. Just like take some time away, and you know that's you know hey hey yep. I'm all I'll, I'll be gender fluid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> so congratulations on that, and on it being Chiefs four four time back to back to back to back AFC West champions. So um, that's adorable. The Patriots are the like twelfth time. Yeah, it's like they're it's our twelfth time having twelve wins, which uh, it's the ele- we are eleventh consecutive time AFC East champions. Mm-hmm. And and guys, guys, this is not braggy Marino. This mm-hmm. is like very hey the bill if the Bills had won, they would have. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a very good chance. Like there's a very good chance. Like. You know, the someday, someday Brady's going to fall. And, you know, today could have been the day. Hey, today could have been the every end. once in a while, Gronkowski doesn't play the right angle on a weird punt kickoff defense for Hail Mary, and then uh, you lose to the Dolphins. You know, it can happen. Do you uh, know how badly I want Gronkowski right now? I mean, you know, it's – Yeah. I mean, You're if, telling me if, I have – I pop a screen pass – and it sounds like Rex Burkhart's in open ground, and all of a sudden static happens, and all of a sudden the guy's saying about the Patriots 35. I'm like, why is he talking about the thir- Patriots 35? Oh, because the Bills had poked it out, and they were running the other way with the ball, and they cashed it in for a quick three. He's, it was crazy, Sheez, but that's he's, what – He's wearing turtlenecks now. I mean, I think you don't want, you don't want Gronkowski. You know, it's just – I'll take weight. him next year. I'm, you know, 30, I'm – Okay, yeah. I mean, what I will say is, you know how we keep talking about mental health is important. You know what I mean? Like we keep saying mental health is important. And you know what? I don't think that might be truer than anyone else in, in the world of sports than Rob Gronkowski. It's like, he did sort of say that it's like, he's happier. Like that might be the, you know, it's like, sometimes you don't really say it's like, Hey man, he might've been a lot more depressed, a lot more, had more, more mental health issues going through the grind of another football season. I don't think we appreciate how incredibly mentally uh, grinding, you know, because we look at it we look at it as a game like, that we got to play when we were children. It's like this is a collision it's a, it's sport. It's a factory. 
Yeah, you know, it's not just, oh, look, they get off the bus with a nice suit on and nice watch. You know, it's like just the hours. It's it's year round. I mean, there's no those bodies have been those bodies have been tortured and destroyed for decades. Yes, yes. To get to where that red to be able to and 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 think about the people. It's like, hey, man, how many guys aren't even M- Malcolm Butler crying on the sideline of the Super Bowl? How many guys get cut from the team or blow out a knee in college and they just, you know what I mean? It's like that's the booby miles from Friday night lights this happens every single day in professional college and high school football in football it's brutal yeah yeah it uh just because we glamorize it because we love our gladiators doesn't mean that these gladiators don't go through a tremendous physical and emotional mental uh turmoil so hey man I mean, there's that reason that, you know, Tom Brady says all the right, quote unquote, right things about being positive and all that kind of stuff. I think because you kind of have to. No, and that's it was so weird with, with Joe Burrow and the Heisman and everyone's everyone's saying, like, he's got this weird Tom Brady kind of, you know, ex, it factor. And I'm like, you can't just say like the Tom Brady it factor is a pretty high up on the scale to you know just be throwing that around to a kid that's played some college games. But Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady until like three Super Bowls in. Yeah, yeah, it's like I get it. just say he's a winner. That's a more you know a vague. But, and I don't but, even know if but, it was then. I mean, if in fact, in some ways, if it wasn't for the perfect season, that's when he like that's when he becomes like Tom Brady, possible goat. Yeah, it's but with the as far as Joe Burrow, it's like you hear those compared, and then he goes up and gives that Heisman speech, and you're like, "Holy shit, he is Tom Brady Jr." (laughs) Just an incredible speech. I mean, just said exactly the right things to the right people, the right way. You know, just emotional. Like someone can use that speech as a monologue in acting class. You know, it's just that's funny. and guys, if you haven't checked out the speech, check it out. And also, everything he says about Southeast Ohio, especially since I just drove through it. Hey, man, it's really true. And especially it's, it's around it's the holidays, fashion. he ain't no liar. It, it's around the holidays, guys. If you're doing well, pay it forward. Donate to a food bank. Donate to a, a, a shelter or something like that. Pay it forward. That's what I'm going to say. Pay it forward. Yeah, that. Uh... We've Great been advice. very fortunate, Cheese. I think you and I, the Sportsaholics family, we've been very, very fortunate. We come from good families that are very fortunate. We are able to help other people when they have hard times, and people have helped us during ours. Cheese, or I'll never forget all the food that you personally donated to me during some rough times when you were working at UCLA fraternities. So anyway, guys, it's the holidays, so do on to others as you would want to do in them. Ho, ho, ho. Merry yes. Christmas. And that's Because Cheezer... Let's talk about the. We got a great interview coming up, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, like all the songs this week um, are from good friend, uh, great musician Rico Pierce, who releases. This is his uh, Christmas. Rico Pierce sings Christmas Volume Three. He just released a couple weeks ago, uh, but we're gonna have him on later in the show. Just talk about. Uh, he's also a big Chiefs uh, Royals fan. Uh, grew up in Kansas City. Um, but as mentioned, incredible musician. Uh, but these albums are funny. They're entertaining. They're uh, and he's been doing them now for about eight years, I think, eight or nine years. So, uh, but before that, we actually have on Sam Tripoli, who's a diehard sports fan. Actually, hosts his own um, 
show Punch Drunk Sports on the um, All Things Comedy Network. Uh, host of the Tinfoil Hat, very popular uh, podcast. You can find both on iTunes. All that great kind of stuff. stuff. Um, but he was he went up to Oakland for the final game as a Raiders fan. Um, so he went up to the final black hole, the closing yes. of the black hole up in Oakland Coliseum, which, by yep. the way, guys, if you've never been, is a terrible, terrible, horrible stadium. Yep, and we get into that uh, most. Uh, I tell you what, we'll go to break. Uh, Rico, we're going to listen to some music, and then yep. we're going to come Thanks, back Rico. with Tripoli's visit to the black hole, and I'll see you Amen. guys after that. Yep. Amen. Christmas vacation Got a ton of stuff to All right, we are back with Raiders super fan, comedian, podcast host, uh, entertainer extraordinaire Sam Tripoli joins us on Sportsaholics. How you doing, Sam? What's up, brother? What's up? I'm glad you're still rocking the podcast, and I'm super thankful to be on, bud. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, we got Eric out in New York City, unfortunately not able to join us for this interview, but uh, you get the idea. Loud Patriots fans. You guys had... Gross and gross. Yeah, yeah. You guys have had many long, gross, like, gross, gross. Four a.m. <laughs> conversations uh, in, the, in the comedy store parking lot talking sports. But uh, no, I, I, I really wanted to have you on just because you took the time um, to go up to Oakland for the very last Oakland Raiders game, and it was actually a thought that crossed my mind. I looked up tickets. It was two hundred and seventy. Per ticket, and that was upper deck, and then I looked at during the game, and it looked like there might have been some upper, some empty seats upstairs, maybe. But um, no, just kind of a historic, uh, you know, day in the history of NFL football. A sad day in the history of NFL football. Um, I agree. I agree. You know, I went to Vince Scully's last game. I remember when uh, they had announced that you know it was going to be his last year. I ran it down. I, you know, I went on. Uh, you know, uh, Sea Geek, and I grabbed two tickets before everybody realized. Like they knew it was going to be his last year, but they didn't realize like it was really coming to an end. So I bought those tickets. So I got to see Vince Scully's last game, which was an insanely amazing game. Like it was such <laughs> the opposite of the last game in Oakland. And uh, and then I, I missed out on uh, Ralph Lawler's last game for the Clippers. I wanted to go to that, and I just. At, at you know at the Staples Center, and I missed out on that. But so I decided, you know what, man, I'm gonna go see the Raiders. It's kind of funny because they're playing the San Diego Chargers, like uh, I mean the LA Chargers, like this weekend in LA. Which is a and Raiders? That's a Raiders home game for you listeners. That were- that's a that's an dude. Listen to me, man. Nothing thrills me more than when I watch suits not listen to 
their consumers, like ignore the data, right? Everything's data now. They ignore the data and they move the team here that the fan base hated. I mean, there's a there's a point that maybe even San Diego didn't even like, like the Chargers, but they moved the Charger franchise here. It should have been the Raiders. And if they would have moved the Raiders here, what would happen was that just like the the, the Clippers have fans because there's people who hate the Lakers or don't like the Lakers. That Yeah, so that's, that's part of the reason I'm a Clippers fan is for that very reason. And affordability. You know, I, I, I can go to the games. My, some of my favorite players of all time are Lakers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Max Judge, Shaquille O'Neal. But Kobe Bryant made me hate the Lakers. They just, he made me hate it. That, 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 I forget, was it 2019 or 2004? Was it 2000? What year was there? 2008? I don't even know. 12? 2012, I think, when the Kobe won his last championship. And that was with um, against the Boston Celtics. And uh, just, you know, how they have it. NBA just rigged that last game. If you watch Kevin Garnett on um, Bill Simmons last thing when he's on there with Adam uh, and I did. I did. Yeah, that was fascinating. Basically talking about how the NBA rigged it. Rigged the five. Dude, they were down 13. Kobe was shit in the bed. I don't know if this is a Christian podcast. You're all good. You're all good. You know, shit the bed. And then the second game. They went to the line like 27 times, and the Celtics went five because the NBA wanted the narrative, is Kobe going to get his sixth ring and tie Jordan? And he never did because Kobe's body just gave out. But, uh, you know, that's why that's why the NFL messed up. They should have let the Raiders hit because if they would have had the Raiders here, it would have forced everyone who did like the Raiders to the Rams. Yeah. So you yeah. would have two – energized fan bases but because the, the nfl hates al davis still to this day they refuse to uh play, give them anything they really want and in the end if you talk to oakland raiders fans they really love that's going to vegas they hate that's leaving but they love that's going to vegas it's a way to kind of corporatize if you will and it's a kind of I don't limit the amount of rowdiness, you know, that's branded with the Raiders. I mean, they talk about there's no more black hole. I'm like, what do you mean? What if all the people with that want to get crazy go sit in the end zone? You know, how is that not the new black no, hole? No, they're all going to go there. And what, what what's going to make is make it so much easier because Oakland, I mean, you got to think about this. Oh, the Raiders now have three cities that are fan bases of their team. I don't know any any city that can claim that. And that it is Oakland, L.A., and now Vegas. Now, what people don't realize is that Utah is a big, big, big Raider base. And Idaho, big, big Raider base. It's a it's the Raider territory. I don't know what it is, yeah. but they're huge Bo- Raider territory. Boise is right like – Boise's oddly split between the Broncos, Seahawks, and the Raiders. Uh, yeah. When I've been there. But, yeah. yeah. It's a very vast fan base. I would, it, to me, it's similar to when they were talking NFL expansion, and a friend of mine was like, "Oh, you know, it's going to be San Antonio." I'm like, "You think Jerry Jones is going to let the NFL put another NFL team in his state?" Because the people don't realize, you know, if you're Cowboys Nation, if you will, it's Texas, New Mexico, part of Oklahoma. You know, it's, um, you know, and that's a smart move. They've got that part of the country covered. Listen, there has to be a blend on what you find. It has to be a weird blend of the best. The best markets are ones where uh, there's there's a big population, but 
they're not too pretty because if they're too pretty, there's too many pretty people. They don't care about sports. Like if it's too many pretty people, it's too warm. Right. So L.A.'s a little apathetic. San Diego, super apathetic and fucking uh, um, uh, Miami, super apathetic, not great sports towns. Yeah. People want to be there, and all the players want to play there because, you know, it's fun, fun, and all that stuff. Vegas is perfect because there's a lot of good – and you got to have hot strippers. So what I've always said is, like, cities like Cleveland or wherever free agents don't want to play, they should give free housing to strippers. Just provide it, you know, shuttles, you know, whatever necessary. Um, you want a free house? Come live in our city. So that these NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball players have some ass to look at. I mean, did, did you ever go to a Chargers game down in San Diego before they moved up here? Yeah, it's uh, it was. I mean, as far as the ladies go, you know, it was it was like going out on Friday night. It's like, how hot can I look wearing a football jersey? Which yeah, never really There's got old, shows. but it didn't really feel like a football game either. You know, it was this weird fashion show slash Charger beatdown by whoever they were playing. Um, well, it was that it was it, wherever there's warmth, money, and cocaine, there's going to be hot chicks. And the Chargers really have not had home field advantage for years now. I mean, the two years I was in San Diego, the two games I went to the very last game against the Chiefs, and that was seventy percent Chiefs fans. I mean, the San Diego. I moved down to San Diego right when they were tr- at the tail end of them trying to get the stadium in fourteen fifteen, and. Uh, it's just like listeners at home. You got to understand, no one in LA, not maybe five people, care that the Chargers are even here. And here's what's going to take for the. So let me just finish this one real. I, yeah, I know, sorry, sorry. I just want to say. So I found out that the Raiders. I go, oh man, this is the last game ever. What's the game, Jags? And I got a ticket for one eighty. I got two tickets for one eighty. And I, each one eighty, so three sixty. And I was Still. like, "Oh man, I can't believe they're this cheap." And I grabbed them because at the time I bought them, the Raiders weren't doing well then. They're not doing well now. But there was this little run they went on, and it's you know I also have a conspiracy podcast called Tinfoil Hat, and one of my conspiracies I believe is as soon as Tua from Alabama got hurt, the Raiders just shit the bed because they want to see how high. They can get because I think they want Tua. Yeah, they're thinking really, he'll slip maybe to ten or something. And yeah, ten or fifteen. So they literally haven't won anything since. So I grabbed them, and as it got closer, I realized that the price of tickets were going up. At that time, Ryan Hill for Don Carlos Tacos uh, in uh, La Jolla, amazing on Pearl Street. Go check out Don Ta- Don Carlos Tacos. He called me up. He's like, "Hey, dude, I got." I got two tickets to the um, to the uh, to the uh, black hole. Do you want to go? He's like, oh, dude, I want to go, but I already have two tickets. Like, oh, it's cool. Well, Dana, who I was gonna go with, decided she couldn't make it. So I was like, shit, man, I want to drive up to uh, yeah, to, to Oakland. Seven hour drive. Myself. It's not that easy. It's not an easy drive. No. Like the drive to Vegas is easy for some reason. The drive to fucking San Francisco is tedious. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so 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 then I get this. So then I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? So Dana finds this this airline. You ever hear about this airline? JSX? No, never heard of it. 
it's this private airline dude and it costs a little bit more but man you don't have to show up to your flight till 20 minutes before your flight and you'll go through any security and you just walk onto your plane <laughs> and so what do you say your plane what what are you talking about here like a, 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 like a 15 seater 20 seater it's basically a, a uber lift for uh, a private plane oh brilliant okay and time and time saving what did you fly out of van nuys or santa monica airport i flo- flew out burbank burbank oh. it, so, so i put my I, I called ryan i go hey can i get your ticket he goes yeah it's yours I, I go if you can't sell it sell it but if you can't i'd love to take it and i sold my ticket each for 300 so i almost doubled what i paid paid off my flight so oh two uh, hour flight right to the black hole the fuck airport's right next to the black hole bam i got there dude <laughs> oh dude this is incredible it uh if you as a sports fan if you haven't flown to a sporting event and had that like i've had that time crunch like i flew to kansas city and went straight from the airport for the 14 royals wild card game where they beat oakland it was like the 12 inning comeback and really sparked our little playoff run but um it's exciting because like you're sacrificing i mean you're flying in the fucking air to go see your team you know what i mean it's like you don't get more diehard than that Uh, and you feel like a baller well well if you're on a personal jet also that helps too uh, but yeah. You feel like a baller. You're like, yeah, I'm balling. I'm getting in. I'm getting out. It was great, dude. It was great. Well, uh, and, you know, the, I got the experience of Black Hole, which is, you know, in Oakland, which was great. And it was amazing to be there. I got to be honest with you. Again, I don't know if this is a Christian podcast, but Oakland Stadium is a shithole. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's not, that's no secret. Um, it was the last I mean, multi-sport stadium in baseball yes yes um it's uh now the new stadium in vegas and this is actually kind of nice sam because listeners sam spent his college years at the university of nevada las vegas better known as unlv what uh over since that time to now uh like what's what's that expansion of Vegas and and like and to finish that question up like with where the stadium is and everything what do you think the next what's the future for the Raiders? Two part question. Dude, everybody thinks the Raiders are going to be like what the uh, San Diego Chargers are and be a a, a a away game every no way, dude. I'm telling you, Vegas is about to lose their skulls. They're about to lose their skulls. They, they, it's going to be Raider Nation, and then everybody from all over, because San Diego's a huge Raider market, you know, uh, L.A., yep. Oakland, and then again, all those, it's going to be all Raiders all the time. Are there going to be times when there's going to be a lot? And, dude, it's just going to be like the other thing where it's like, okay, you can get a ticket to a Raider game, but good luck on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It, uh, a perfect example, look at the Golden Knights uh, it's one of the hardest tickets to find in the NHL. Uh, everyone in Las Vegas is hockey crazy. Granted, they did go to the Cup. That helped right out of the gate. But uh, if it's just a fraction of that sort of fandom. and oh, dude, It's oh, going to be huge, dude. It's going to be huge. And it's just a matter of time before they get a basketball team and a baseball team. Yeah, I think you're right. Of course, the baseball stadium will be domed. It'll be covered. Same thing yeah. with with the Diamondbacks. They're trying to get a you know a new stadium. Um 
But, you know, I think that can happen. And and for years, it's always – Vegas has finally, I think, reached the volume, the size where it can support multiple um, teams. And oh, with yeah, flight sure, dude. affordability, like more and more people are, are traveling to see their teams. So, um, no, I think that's definitely possible. Dude, Sunday nights in Las Vegas are going to be nuts. A three-day weekend. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, I can. Uh, the stadium, listeners, is right at the base of the strip, like right when you land into Henderson Airport, which is, if you haven't been, like it's uh, two miles from the Vegas Strip. It's really perfectly located. Um, and then the stadium is in between the airport and the Vegas Strip. So the positioning is perfect. Um, you know, I think they. They downsized. I don't. I don't know exactly the capacity, but you know, maybe like a, it's you know, it's going to be like a mini, you know, Dallas, you know, a mini Chargers slash Ram stadium. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a full size stadium. The UNLV running Rebels are going to play there first, which is mean we're going to getting some quality black athletes. So we're going to start whooping everybody's ass. I'm telling you. I could I could see this leading to the UNLV joining the Pac-12 because they're talking about adding two more to become Pac-14. And uh, That'd be nice. I mean, dude, I the only thing I don't know is like I've never been to a Cardinals game. My question is how how do they do tailgate? It um, I don't know either. I I think very poorly, but I you know I think every fan base thinks that they do tailgating right until you see. The fan base that actually does do it right. Oakland's renowned for their college-like atmosphere. Dude, it was the best. It was the best. It was the best. Yeah, and uh, you can go, listeners, on Sam Tripoli on Instagram. Like you, like you mentioned, Tinfoil Hat Podcast, uh, Punch Drunk Sports. I can't remember which account, but you had posted some pictures, some incredible pictures with some of the diehards with the face paints and the mask. It was uh, great, dude. Very visually intimidating. What was that like? Up, up, looked like very warming, welcoming. Like, hey, you're a fan. Come over here, hang out with us. Was every- That's why I love it, dude. I'm part of like two of the quote unquote like violent fan bases, like Dodgers and Raiders. But you know, when you wear the gear, you don't got to worry about squat. Yeah, true, true. Um, and and dude, the whole thing about the. The, the the Oakland Raiders all being like bad, and it's just total BS. I saw two things thrown onto the thing, and then I got out. It's total BS. Uh, I mean, like, I gotta be honest with you, man, I was kind of super, like, I don't know if car's the future. I don't know if it's car is gun-shy, or within Gruden's offense, he's, it, they just don't take chances. I mean, Jacobs is incredible. I mean, that's that's a nice little. I mean, I think he can be as productive as Ezekiel Elliott. I like the way he runs, just north to south, but elusive enough where he's not taking too many huge hits. Seems like he can catch out of the backfield. And he slept in a van in high school, so you know he wants it. You know what I mean? Here's what I'm going to tell you. One thing about the uh, Chargers, the it's you know it's going to take for the Chargers to get a following. They got to get like. Their equivalent of Blake Griffin. They have to get a, a transcendent. You know, you remember when Blake came in? Like we had, we'd never seen anything yeah, like him. Beautiful. And he just, he just excited everybody. And, and, and he's still like, yeah, it. Clipper fan, Clipper fans, Clipper fans. That's what the Chargers need. They need a next level, yeah. like 
like we've never seen anything like that player and then they'll get then the chargers will it's gonna be forever because here's the problem the rams don't have this town it's not like it's a rams town it's not I, even the rams fans i see they are they try to be crazy and everything but to me it just comes off fake come, to me it seems like the the way i looked at seahawks fans like in 2010 where i'm like dude you all have 12th man jerseys it's like yeah we get it you just started watching football um, but the yeah the Rams fandom just seems a little uh, pushed. I think is a good way to put it, forced. Well, you know, here's another thing. I mean, let's take a look at, at L.A. Right? I mean, like the amount of sh- I mean the amount of shit you have to get through to get to a game in this town. By the time you get there, you just want to zoom out and just. I mean, like every other, yeah. even New York, you take subways to games. It's it's lot in LA. It's like bumper the bumper bumper. By the time we get the game, we just want to zone out and watch. I mean, most of us make our livings talking and screaming and talking and doing comedy and performing. For we just want to sit back and listen. You know, I don't think that necessarily Laker uh, LA fans are. I want. I said earlier they're coming. I, I just feel like they're just like there's so many things to do here. Like you gotta win, and if you're not winning, nobody's going to the games. Yeah, that's no. There's everything to do here, and I mean, even more important, I think, is when you are good, you want to be seen there. So that's like it's like you get this double, you get to double down as a franchise. It's like oh, now we're popular. Now everybody wants to be seen here and seen yeah. in you know our t-shirts and our jerseys and um and you and I've seen it you know. With the Clippers, I've seen some fandom growth. I, I wear a hoodie all the time, and I get more people talking to me when I have my Clippers hoodie on than with any other shirt. Like I get more interaction with that, and sometimes it's it's butt ass. It's like Fight Club. It's you know a lot of times it's other Clippers fans like, oh man, I love Montrez. You know, it's just Patrick Beverly's my guy. You know, and they go into the oh, oh man, yeah, it sucked when Tobias got traded, and man, I miss Shea. You know, and uh, all that kind of what stuff. Is your, what is your NBA team? It's the Clippers. And that's just. Oh, really? Nice. When I moved to Los Angeles, so Kansas City, our, the NBA team there was essentially the Kansas Jayhawks, if you will. And so, <laughs> closest one being Chicago, uh, and then now recently Oklahoma City. But so when I moved out here, it was affordability. And like I think the first year I went to a Clippers game was Chris Kamen's rookie year, I think, and tickets were like eight dollars. And you could still find them at times against the bad teams for sixteen and twenty. Um, but that was you know pretty much the reason was affordability. And and then like I said earlier, just Kobe Bryant. I'd never liked Kobe ever since he was taking like brandy to prom and all that stuff. Like just. Something about him, I never got on board, and so it just made it that much easier to be a Clippers fan. Oh, Michael Candy, Keon Dooling. I mean, he was a Missouri guy, so um, yeah, you know, I always Keon Dooling, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I I just I always liked the Clippers, you know. So, well, now... you know, it's like when I moved here that I uh, I couldn't afford. Uh, I first of all, I always liked the underdog. I mean, always. Like I grew up in in the Syracuse area, and I always liked the Georgetown Hoyas, which were, were their rivals. They weren't necessarily underdogs, but, like, everybody root, where I'm from root against them. So I'm like, I like them. Yeah. So when I moved to L.A. in, like, 99, you know, 
it was just like, okay, uh, everybody's a Laker fan, and they're, they're just like, they get everything. And then you had the, the Jerry West famous rape tw- trades that he did with everybody where yeah. he just fleece people because the NBA needed the Lakers to be good. So they everybody just bent over and took it. Finally uh, drew the line when Chris Paul was supposed to come to the Lakers, and they're like, no. No, that's we can't do that. Sorry. Well, because they were just having that big problem with NBA players like forcing their way out of small markets and yeah. like nope, nope, nope. But in the end, it was I mean one of the most brilliant things they've ever done because they created a second team in this market or helped create it. Uh, so when I moved here, the only uh, cl- the only NBA game I could afford were Clipper games. And like, dude, you could get like ten dollars tickets at the Staples Center, and like their early games, nobody was there. Like literally, nobody yeah. was there. Those Saturday Sunday I- afternoon games, just I was like ten rows up, dude. Oh, that's great. Ten fifteen rows up. And I was yelling at Sean Bradley. I'm like, you're a bum, Bradley. You're a bum. <laughs> you're garbage. You're overrated. Is that and he a... stood up and he looked back to me. He goes, what? What did I do? I go, you know what? I didn't think you could hear me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, that's and, great. Uh, no, that's how, when it's intimate how... like that, yeah, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, he can hear me? <laughs> sorry, that was kind of mean. So what ha- also happened was that the, the Clippers weren't getting anybody there. So then the Staples Center has threatened them to get kick, kick them out. And, uh, you know, uh, the guy who was our owner at the time, what's his name again? Um, Bo- uh, not Bob. Oh, Donald Sterling. Sterling. Yeah. Uh, he freaked out because he, he wanted to say. So that's when he started spending because he needed to get he needed to get actual, uh, you know, people to come to the game. So that's when they started spending. And, you know, you know, everybody keeps talking about, you know, When's the greatest moment in Clipper history? I mean, there's a couple of them. The thing that starts turning the Clippers around is the hiring of Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy is the first one who's like, uh, they get rid of Elgin Baylor, who just rode, drove this franchise into the ground. Yeah. And we had, we had, um, we had our boy, um, Mike Dunleavy, and he's the guy who makes Sterling build. A, a practice facility because up until then the team had been working out like 24 hour fitness right an NBA team notoriously I mean, cheap notoriously yeah cheap. notoriously cheap so I mean he was so a slumlord he he's a slumlord so trades Tyson Chandler for Elton Brandt that's that's the real start of some shit we start getting decent we get Sam Cassell that's great but then Elton Brandt forces his way out of the Clippers. Yeah, it goes to Philly. Watch re- the NBA. I remember that because I was the Clippers were on the verge of like, I think being like right <laughs> in the playoffs or the anyway. But yeah, that was devastating when he left. So if you watch, um, when you watch, um, if you watch the NBA, you'll notice that when a major <laughs> dude, Patrick, they did a tip and Patrick Beverly already got his first foul <laughs> on the tip ball to open the uh, jump ball to open the game. He already got a foul. So. Uh, so, if you notice, when the NBA, when a, when a, a team, when a player forces their way out of a team, the NBA hooks them up by giving them the top pick in the next thing because they don't want these billionaires losing money, right? Because it's all about these guys investing in these franchises and making money. So, you know, the, when I first started noticing that was when uh, Elgin Baylor, I mean, when uh, Elton Brand forced his way out, we got Blake Griffin. And that's really when things started to cook with gas. 
Lob we City. Got I don't know. You get DeAndre Jordan, you know, which was kind of a sleeper in the draft. Turned out to be incredible. You know, a nice little uh, pillar you know, on the team. Uh, overrated. For... Overrated. You think? Um, yeah. You're Real, I not mean, a like, Jordan fan? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, he was just long and athletic. Never worked on his game. Never got better at anything. And uh, really what hurt Lob City, Lob City was um, besides that chick who recorded our, our owner saying N-bombs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, besides that, didn't that didn't which help. is the first time I've ever cried in sports, was when that came out. Because that was the year we were supposed to win it. Because we had the most complete team up in that moment that we had ever had. We actually had wings who could guard and shoot threes, which is something Lob City after that never had. And uh, because GM Doc Rivers was literally the worst GM in the history of time. The worst. Coach Doc Rivers, incredible. GM, not, not pretty so much. Deep, pretty good. I like him. I mean, if you give him pieces, he's great. I, I don't like how he doesn't like rookies. I think in this modern NBA with these giant salaries eating up all your – all your uh, all, all your um, salary cap, you got to play rookies. And these rookies now are coming in a lot better because it's less about athletics, athleticism and it's more about skill, meaning shooting threes, which I like. Which was the role that Shamit kind of, you know, when he came over from Philly, like, you know, he kind of slid yeah. into that rookie three-point role. Um, I wish we could have kept uh, Kate Gorgeous. Oh my God, I love that guy so much. I think dude, I would have given up anybody but him. I know he got thirty-two last night. Oh my God! Imagine if we had him on our team, we would have been destroying everybody. He's he's a he's a kid. That's the thing. Like he's like still in diapers. (laughs) I think he's getting his driver's license this year, and by next year, he's going to be bona fide, like murder first team all star everything. Uh, yeah, I agree. Fun to watch, you know, and to me it seemed like he was developing his game. You know, he hit – I remember last year he'd hit the rookie wall, if you will, and then – but came out of it, you know, and better at the end. You know, he was – yeah, I hate to see yeah. him go. But, uh, you know, as far as you like the Clippers' chances this year of, of winning. I do, I do, I do. I kind of wish we had a point guard for our second unit. Uh we, you know, I like Patrick Beverly a lot. Obviously, like I love his attitude and his tenacious D. Uh, you know, but I yeah. wouldn't mind having a, a, a second unit guard that could like run the second unit because we don't have that. We have a bunch of shooting guards with ball handling skills. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh, and which, I think Zubak is like two years away from being a murderer. I think he's still like a boy out there, and he's a good player, and he's going to be great. But I still think he's a kid, and he gets pushed around a lot. Yeah, yeah I was surprised the Lakers let him go, especially because they were like, "All you heard is how the Lakers." This was last year when LeBron gets hurt, how they needed a big guy, and uh, Mike. He just Mike didn't he just go for twenty four and thirteen, and like you know he just I, yeah I do I as well. I, uh, I don't think he'll be like Jokic or anything, but he'll be pretty solid once he kind of yeah. isn't I mean, a dude, pussy anymore. GM, GM um, Magic Johnson sucked too. You know, I mean, but he's no doc, GM Doc Rivers. Yeah. Just, you can't be both. <laughs> like, GM is like a, a 24-7 job. You got to be watching film in Lithuania. Dude, you got to make – with these hard salary caps, <coughs> second-round picks are huge, dude. Back in the day, they didn't matter because they barely made the team. Now with like 
We got two players on the Clippers eating seventy million of our salary cap. You have to find a diamond in a rough in those second rounds in Europe or wherever, or else you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. No, that. Uh, I mean, it was in that same Kevin Garnett, um, Adam Sandler interview. He he says. Uh, Bill Simmons like, you, you need eight real good players. And Garnett is very adamant. He goes, you're wrong. You need nine. He goes, and here's why. He's like, you're one injury away from the whole thing falling apart. You know, so. Yeah, I agree. Dude, the Lakers are just walking across. I want to see this movie so bad. Am Sandler's new movie. Uh, yeah. Lakers are just walking across thin ice. Yeah. Just I mean, whether walking and just waiting for somebody to fall in. Kevin Garnett also said, in, you know, more or less said that Anthony Davis kind of half-asses it, like that he should be scoring 35 and getting 18 a night. But uh, I thought that was you know, kind of accurate because Anthony Davis just completely dominates in, in these weird spurts. I'm like, why can't – can you not do that all the time? But, uh, yeah, either way. Um, Sam, dude, I'll let you get going. I appreciate the time um, and the, the – the walking us through that final day. Any any parting thoughts on the Raiders here before? I've never felt so bad for a city ever. I felt bad for Oakland. I felt really bad. I mean, like, it was more sadness than anger, you know, and I just felt bad for the city. I mean, like, dude, where we were sitting, we saw wide open wide receivers that car didn't hit, and I just felt bad for the city, dude. I mean, there was like it was like there was a, a funeral leaving that place. No anger, nobody, people crying. Uh, just kind of quiet and awkward. Uh, you know, I get why I get why the mayor of Oakland wanted to keep the athletics over the Raiders because athletic home games. How many home games are there? Eighty two. How many yeah. home games are there for the Raiders? Eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty clear. Like you're generating. Over the course of a full season, a lot more, um, and you know, jobs, the, yeah, jobs. yeah, money, revenue, and you know, local economy, jobs, everything, and uh, plus. But they they need to get rid of that Oakland Athletics owner. <clears throat> that's that's it will always be the the problem with pro sports is they allow bad owners in. When there's a bad owner, you should have a decade. And if you can't get it right, time to go. No, I agree. I'm excited. The Royals just got a brand new owner, so um, it's got. Well, I, I think baseball. Real quick, we'll go. Yeah, but yeah, baseball yeah. needs a salary cap bad, and the problem is the owners of the big market and the and the players don't want it. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta do shit for people they don't even understand. Okay, you have to, you have to have a salary cap. I mean. That's why the NFL does well. That's why the NBA, I know the, the ratings are down. I think that has to do with the fact that, the one, the Golden State Warriors aren't good, and, two, LeBron James loves communism, okay? <laughs> outside of that, you know. Oh, my God. Fuck story. LeBron James. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, the thing is, you get that you get that parody. That's why I love the NFL. You can go worst to first. And it does happen in baseball where you get teams from worst into the playoffs or wild card, but – that's not really a one-year thing. They've, you know, they've been developing those players for five, six years already in the minors. They all just come together at the right perfect time. Yeah, um, and then the then the Yankees, and you know, the, uh, the Dodgers aren't really like guys who like pull people. There's a lot of our guys are homegrown dudes. Yeah, but 
a lot you know, yeah a lot of them you know uh Seager, like you know bellinger uh the catcher the new rookie sensation will smith kershaw oh, yeah oh, dude. Uh, we need a we need a pitcher he just he won't pay for pitchers he just won't pay for pitchers I, I he refuses it's like, to pay, do it. bring ryu back i don't understand i love the dude he's been here five years now you know we kind of get these he wasn't he's, yeah. he's not hurt bueller's awesome you got the new that new ginger may who came up gosling the, the other rookie that loves cats yeah let him pitch now dude here's the thing the dodger stadium is the most visited sports arena in the world really in the I... world more people go to dodgers stadium than any other place in the world okay it, it's Listen. beautiful like with the sun setting pay... the mountains palm trees it's yeah, on, on a perfect you night pay for players we, we we've earned the right to pay for players yeah i never i mean they've been getting really lucky over the last 10 well i guess it's not lucky if it's happened for 10 years they're really good at drafting and international scouting is pretty damn good. Also, we've you know had some decent success with that. Uh, Yasiel Puig, that was kind of a, had some great days, had some horrible days. Um, but Julio Urias, been you know when he's been healthy, I know he missed a whole year, but you know he's been decent. I thought they could have gone to him a little bit more frequently in the postseason instead of Kershaw. But yeah, they could have gotten Verlander for Julio Urias, and they didn't do it. Yeah, like. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I've seen the results. Like when the Royals went all in with Zobrist and Johnny Cueto. It's like, yeah, you win the World Series when you put those guys on your team. You know, they're they're difference makers. Um, ah, but, yeah. I mean, like, dude, when you need one to get you over the top, do it. So we'll see what happens. The Yankees probably are going to be unstoppable now. If yeah, Cole for a long. That's a big if. For That's 10 years. For 10 years. The weirdest thing about that Garrett Cole signing is that it reminded me that Mike Trout's making $430 fucking million. Yeah. Do you notice that Trout is the only one when they sign that thing that nobody ever complained about? Not a piece. like, yeah, he's worth it. Because he is worth it. Oh. But Bryce Harper is not worth 13 years. I, no. wouldn't give, I wouldn't give Zion Williams, who's a rookie, 13 years, even before the injury. <laughs> I would never give a pro athlete 13 years. Oh, dude, Bryce. Speaking of someone that's got a lot of Kobe esque uh, qualities, is that's uh, that's Bryce Harper. Uh, He's uh, a garbage man. No, I, you know I forgot. I did two things. One, I think the Chargers should change their name to the California Chargers and kind of try to do that regional thing where you can get you know fans from all over the state to kind of root, kind of like the California Angels did for all those years. Um, and then two, I uh, wanted to ask you about tinfoil hat because I know recently, if I'm not mistaken, were were you the the 39th or the 42nd most listened to podcast? 35th, 35th, 35th. Uh, in comedy, in comedy. That's awesome. You know, that's that's sweet, man. And I, thank you. Dude. I know you. You know, you've had you've hit a lot of big numbers as far as listeners and streams and things like that, but. <clears throat> Where the hell? I know you've been doing punch drunk sports for for years now, um, and listeners go check that out. All things comedy, great great show, um, and funny. And if you know, it's uh, I know it's is it's a revolving cast with like you, Tebow, Ari. Sometimes is that right? And then yeah, fight nanny, and then uh, Johnny is our tech guy. Yes. Okay. Uh, 
But now, but more recently, now in the past, what, year and a half, Tinfoil Hat, your newest show, has been incredibly yeah. successful. Where, where the hell did this come from? Like, where did the idea to even do the show come from? Well, you know, I had a show before called the International Bad Boys Hour, and it was me and my buddy, and uh, just through some circumstances, we ended up having a, a, a momentary uh, relapse, a momentary um, uh, fallout. We had a fallout, and he he did some stuff I didn't like. I did some stuff he didn't like, and so I ended the show, but... You know, I had this feed. I had all these people listening to it. So I'm like, what am I going to do now? So, you know, right around then, this was about 2015, I want to say. 2015, the, um, you know, Hillary was jacking the primaries from uh, Bernie. And I was watching it happen in real time. And I was just telling everybody what was going on. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start a show. And. Uh, I did it, and I knew that Eddie Bravo was a big um, conspiracy theorist, and he's like one of my best friends. So I decided to have him on, and it was very interesting because he came on, he, and I go, welcome to – so I decided, like, what is the name I want to go with? And I decided to go with Tinfoil Hat because I wanted it to be like the NWA of a podcast, you know, where it was yeah. like, what's the name that's most demonized? And we're going to own it. We're going to take it back and we're going to own it. So I go, tinfoil hat. So I called it tinfoil hat. And uh, I remember when Eddie Bravo was on, I'm like, hey, I'm welcome to tinfoil hat. He goes, hold on. That's the name of this show? I go, yeah, dude, we're NWA. (laughs) Okay. And I got so much crap for that, dude. I got so much crap for the name. But now the name is why people find it. That's how people find it, dude, is they – they they know exactly what it is when they see it and it just grows and you know it also helps that like we're somewhat the news we tell everybody what's going on and we get called crazy by our friends and families and our significant others and then bam it happens in real time and slowly like eddie bravo said last night the truth only gets bigger yeah, you know, I guess at some point, if you guys are, are talking about X, Y, and Z hap- going to happen down the road, or, and then X, Y, and Z, you start compiling a list of things that you've essentially, you know, predicted. <laughs> you know, I said, hey, watch out, this this is going to happen because of this. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. oh, that, yeah. that, wow, big shock. You know, didn't see that coming. Yeah, uh, I mean, I call it all the time. It's, it, listen, my whole, my whole opinion is, if your political views line up perfectly with mainstream media talking points you are brainwashed and we're for people it's listen dude i'm not trying to change anything i'm just i just don't like getting lied to and i like it's almost like trying to solve a crime and you just start compiling all the information out there to see what the pattern tells you and then you're like this is what i see and then bam it plays out and it's like Whatever Trump is, I don't know what he is. I know some people hate him. I, I, I you know, it's it's issue to issue with me. You know, I'm not going to be like Orange Man bad on everything. Yeah, there are issues I like that what he does, and there's issues I don't like what he does. That's called being an adult, okay? And having adult like being an adult, and taking all the information is. But whatever Trump, whatever he symbolizes, I think it, it's gotten beyond him. I don't think we. I think I don't think we need these. I don't think we need ours. 
and the truth is coming out and you're going to see a really big awakening coming and it's a wonderful time to be alive yeah amen to that and uh but with that being said final plugs again tinfoil hat punk uh punch drunk sports so here's what's going on youtube censored me so so far i've been censored for bluetooth boner pills okay and i've been censored for putting out a story a, a comedy story a fake funny story about a guy who looks like an alien being arrested for impersonating an alien and probing people it's a fake story and instagram had to let their fact checkers handle it and tell everybody that this isn't a real story even though it's so obviously a comedy fake story like an onion story uh, right so they're you, they're doing that kind of stuff just to censor to be like it's fake news and oh like, dude you yeah. don't even know what they're doing to the, the tim fall hat pop cast instagram dude I mean, they are just locking that thing down, and it's hilarious. But uh, if you want to watch the show, because a lot of people watch podcasts now, uh, if you just go uh, to Broken Simulation or you uh, go on your smart TV and you download the Vimeo app, V-I-M-E-O, uh, you will find, go look for Sam Tripoli, look for the Tim Foyle hat logo, and you can watch the uh, podcast live on your televisions, and that's what people want to do now. So, oh, okay. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, so I had to get away from YouTube because when they took me down, they said I couldn't post anything anywhere. So I said, ah, uh, not anymore. So I, I got my own shit going on. You know what? That's you know, it's smart, and that's you're gonna be happy you did that. You know, down the road, you know, not not having everything, you know, just sanctioned and censored. You're like, you know, pretty much everything you're talking about, <laughs> and so uh, no, that's that's awesome, uh, and. Uh, and then also, I want to mention Comedy Chaos, which is a great show that you produce. Um, is that twice a month at the Comedy Store main room? That's twice a month. Yes. Yeah, uh, so- every other Tuesday at the World Famous Comedy Store. It's the Change Comedy in Los Angeles. Now Tuesday is the heavy hitter night. Everybody goes hard. Every club goes hard with their biggest lineups. Dude, I mean, it's great because listeners look the the have the big you know everyone's out on the road on the weekends they get back into town day off and then you know you're still carrying all that momentum, uh, working out the new stuff that you that kind of stumbled into your act the weekend before so you get a lot of new stuff. And Sam, I'll tell you this, man, I like I parked down by Pink Dot, um, two block three blocks from the Comedy Store, right? And I'm walking down and I see a line that's. Uh, at least a hundred plus yards long, it jumps the katana block. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a, there's a street a block away from the comedy store listener, so the line hits the street, then stops because no one wants to get hit, and then continues on the other side of the street. Another like twenty people, and they those all those people were in line for the comedy chaos show. It's the longest line I personally have ever seen at the comedy store in all my years there. So. Um, just to give you listeners, oh, I appreciate that. I love you very much, and I promise you, we'll get you in ASAP. Just gotta say, I mean, I'd love. Oh, that. yeah, 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 absolutely. And I listeners, I'll let you know when that goes down.
thank you, Sam Tripoli, for coming on. And uh, unbelievable, yeah, 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 love it, Tripoli. Thanks, man. And a great idea. I didn't realize you can, um, you know, take almost pseudo private jets now. You know, for slightly, you know, out of Burbank, straight to Oakland, uh, VIP style. I mean, that's how you got to do it. And I swear to God, if you can travel to go see your team play a game, playoffs, regular season, you feel like a super fan. I've done it a few times with uh, the Royals, gone to Seattle a couple times. Eric, have you tr- have you gone super fan mode over the years and traveled? I saw the first 10 games of the 2000 Red Sox season. I started in Seattle for opening day. Uh, I happened to come down that they're playing in Anaheim, so I went back to L.A. Then I was coming home for a wedding and uh and so i got to see the i got to see both the home opener and the uh and the opening day in seattle uh and saw the first 10 games and i'll tell you i had an appreciation like i never did before for the daily grind that is baseball by the by the eighth or ninth game you know it was like being a deadhead for sports and there was a certain point where you're like, wow, you know, you realize that 162 games is six months out of the year, and it is a tremendous grind. And there's there may be a reason that the your favorite player looks like he doesn't give a shit or it isn't working that hard that day because some days it's just work, man. Oh, it's just it's, a job. I feel I, I've never I I understand Ranger fan now, like the Rangers players and why they are building that new stadium. It was I was it to be there in early september and it's 91 degrees up until the eighth inning until the sun has been down for 20 minutes before it dips yeah. into the high 80s it's so miserable and i'm, I'm you sweat just sitting there and i'm like oh maybe they will be able to attract some more free agents with air conditioning i never i guess that is super important uh, i think that's one of the like everybody knows that like everyone knows that it's tough to pitch in Colorado because of the light air. Everyone knows that, you know, but there's a thing where I don't think there's been enough study done that, Hey man, Texas, Texas weather kind of wears down pitching staffs. Like the Houston played in the dome pitching staffs. You know, and I, I, we've been horrible for both Texas weather. Yeah. I, you know, it's just saying it's like, I mean, aside from say, uh, uh, you know, who, who's, uh, who am I thinking of a Nolan Ryan, you know, it's like who bits like four no hitters as a Ranger or whatever it was and, and into his 40s. You know, I think that's sort of one of those. <clears throat> they don't like, you know, these are these things that I keep coming across like, hey, I don't think Kansas City uh, is considered a cold weather city as much as it should be. I don't think Chicago uh, quarterbacks, uh, you know, should be throwing next to a lake. Maybe that's why we've never had great Chicago quarterbacks because they play <laughs> next to one of the great lakes. <laughs> and this is one of those things. Yeah. That pitching in August and August and September has a way of just wearing down your entire staff. If you're just sitting there as a fan sweating, imagine what it's like to try and, you know, chuck a hurl that rock, you know, sixty feet six inches at ninety plus miles. And an Nolan hour. Ryan's a super freak, so the heat actually was able to keep his arm so loose that uh, it extended his career probably by. Three or four years, and of course, yeah, because he was. I mean, he's from it, and whatever. I mean, I and I go with all that, but I don't think that's one of those. You know, you. I mean, you. God, and all I mean, that to leave. No one, Ryan pushed. Think of. I mean, like, look at the last ten years. The Rangers even threatened. You know, like they got into two World Series back to back, right? Yeah, and, and, and they had some pitching, but that didn't last. It didn't stay. It wasn't. You know, you just didn't. You they didn't never have had those. pitching. 
they just had the right combination, like Beltre, and then you had Josh Hamilton got out of rehab, and like right, you had um, God, I feel like they had one pitch. No, they had uh, Darvish, but that was afterwards. Uh, God, anyway, right? But then, but Point I'm saying, is. and then they got rid of him because he didn't last. Yes, they've never had they've never had somebody that they've never just had a staff that was you know they've never had like that that Atlanta Braves staff from the 90s, you know, or a Yankee staff or, uh, you know, the Red Sox staffs, you know, there's some times where you go, you know, three aces deep, you know, four, four horses, it's, you know, there's some no, guys yeah, out there, never but the Rangers are never known for pitching. No, never, never. Uh, just relatively known for being horrible and <laughs> just finishing in the bottom of, they did have some nice years and it was, it was bad. I'm just sure it was great for ticket sales, and I noticed a lot of World Series T-shirts when I went to the Rangers game. But uh, God, it's crazy. You know, it's coming up on ten years ago now. Rangers fan. Wow. And that's why the timing of this stadium, even though your current stadium is only 25 years old, um, I think is perfect. You know, rejuvenate the fan base. They, they've they're shrinking the amount of seats. I think by 10,000. So. Um, make it a little bit more cozy, and then you know make it look appearing more uh, full, <laughs> less tickets, <laughs> less empty seats. I think it's uh, the way to go. Um, and they've decided to play football during the seventh inning to attract fans. I mean, you know, what are they? Whatever they need to do. With and, the, and they're not. And look, they're not tearing down the stadium. They're all right next. So it goes. So it plays out like this. If you're looking at a clock, and for you youngsters, I know that's difficult. Because a lot of kids <laughs> don't know how to read time on a fucking clock anymore. Sorry for my uh, f hard f bomb there. Um, so like, if you were to look at the stadiums, like at nine o'clock, let's just say is the current Ranger Stadium. At three o'clock is where the Cowboys play. Ah. And, and at twelve o'clock is the brand new Ranger Stadium. And right in the middle of that is is like some shitty little strip mall, Applebee's slash you know. David the greatest Bu- Applebee's yeah, that like Texas David, has ever David seen. David Buster's complex thing that just seems way out of place. But uh, so, but they're not tearing down the stadium. Which, so they're going to play, I think, MLS soccer there, some other stuff. But it also, I the Chargers uh, will play there. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're rotating. But I thought that was like, you know what? That's a unique opportunity to like, why not play one or two home games a year at the old stadium just for fun. You know, like the it's like it's it's still operating. You know, all the vendors. We have throwback stadium night. Yeah. Everybody get, instead of like we yeah. have throwback jerseys and unis. Now let's just have a throwback. Hey, everybody, let's go back to the old stadium. Yeah. Everyone park I, over here. Why not? I mean, if it's still just sitting right there, you're, everyone's parking in the same spot anyway. <laughs> you really you're 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 walking an extra two blocks to go to the new stadium. I mean, they're right next door to each other. And yes, the new stadium did catch on fire, and I did, probably will delay the start of the season. And then I'm like, "What are they going to do?" I'm like, "They're going to play in the brand new old stadium." Um, <laughs> the new thing caught fire while under construction. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, just a couple Hilarious. weeks ago. Yeah, they had had some smoke coming out of the stadium. But uh, speaking of smoke coming out of my headphones when I'm least listening to our next guest, Christmas collaboration albums uh, it is christmas time and i love christmas music and you know what we need we need some new good christmas music cheese you got any recommendations our next guest rico pierce uh great musician has uh just released his third uh rico 
Pierce sings Christmas Volume 3 album uh, early this December, which is all linked up on our social media and all that kind of stuff. So, guys, please love it. All that. Uh, All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, Rico Pierce from. Which is him. We're going to break. You're listening to his music, and then we're going to come back and talk to him about it. Yes, amen. All right, I'll see you on the other side of that. Dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where those treetops listen And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow The snow and I, 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 I'm dreaming of a wild Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days, may your days, Guess may today, your days Rico Pierce, longtime friend, um, first time on the show But I wanted to have you on to, you know, talk about this Talk about being Santa Make it a Christmas, making three Christmas albums. Uh, but welcome, Rico. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. How's everybody else doing? Hopefully, well for this great Christmas season. Yeah, you know it's hard to get in this season. Like as I look outside right now, and it's you know 67 and sunny. Um, oh, see, we're the complete opposite. It's like 45, and we got lots of snow on the ground. Has it been a white winter? So far in the Midwest or in Kansas City, well, I guess we got a, a crazy like snowstorm Sunday into Monday, like which was what was great for the Chiefs because that Chiefs game snowy looked awesome and we played well. But we're gonna have snow on the ground probably till Christmas because it's still kind of cold. But I don't know, it looks nice. And I, and I'm glad you brought it up because look, you're an incredibly talented musician, diverse musician, like. Um, you post uh, and listeners, you can follow uh, Rico. You're on. Are you? What's your Instagram handle? Oh, uh, what is my Instagram handle? I can tell you here in a second. See, clearly, I'm just trying to. We'll find that listener eventually. But oh, okay. My my, my Instagram handle is Big Rico eighty six. Yes, and look, if you go to Instagram, Twitter, we'll tag them in that. But follow uh, Rico because um, you post some like crazy music some awesome music and then um but i but not music aside i wanted to focus on sports real quick since you brought that up there we go um, there we go how many chiefs games have you been to in this 2019 2020 season well so far i've gone to two but we unfortunately we've lost those two i went to one on my birthday uh, october 6th great game but unfortunately we lost uh, that was what we lost to the Colts. And then I went to the Packers game when we did actually, unfortunately, have Patrick Mahomes playing, but we played well. Besides the good old Shady McCoy fumble, we probably could have won, but, you know, that's here nor there. But it was also, actually, that was my first time seeing uh, Aaron Rodgers in person, too. That was pretty cool. It, that's Just important. Being a football fan. Yeah. yeah as, a as football a sp- fan, like, that, that's like, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. So, yeah. It, it is, I think it is important to see the legends. It's one thing to talk about them, but to actually be like, you know what? I saw that. Like I, one of my old coworkers, 
Joe Kazokas, rest in peace. Old, dirty, creepy man I worked with years ago up in North Dakota. Mm. Um, but as a kid, he met Satchel Paige. He told me, he's oh, like, man. Oh, he's man. like, yeah, I was at the Philadelphia Athletics game, and afterwards, I was outside, and Satchel Paige walked up, and I was like, hey, Mr. Page, can I get your autograph? And, you know, he's a nice man. And, I'm, you know, and look, that was in 19, I think he's like 57 or whatever that oh, was. Man. But I'm like, you know yeah. what? I met someone that met the guy, <laughs> you know, but it, yeah, I mean, there we go. personally, I once drove um, through a cold, winters iowa uh night to drive seven hours to chicago to watch michael jordan return with the wizards to play against the bulls oh man and we drove still be worth it in, in itself to see mj oh no and that was it i mean that was i was like i've got to see mj see i always wanted to see iverson didn't happen um uh-huh. my wife for my birthday last year got us tickets to see i wanted to see dirk before he retired um okay so we went and saw the Mavericks Clippers game, which was also cool because Luka Doncic got a uh, triple double. Um, oh, there we go! But Doc Rivers, class act, with six seconds left in the game, calls the timeout, goes up to the table, grabs the microphone from the PA announcer, and just goes, "Dirk Nowitzki," and like points at him, and then everyone in the every like the entire staple stands up, gives him a standing ovation for probably 30, 40 seconds. You know, just like, Hell yeah. you know, just stuff like that. But yeah, so you got to see two losses. So what, what was it like afterwards seeing Aaron Rodgers take out your beloved Chiefs? Were you just like, well, yeah, uh, it's expected. Well, the only, good, the only good thing about being at that game, I was actually in a suite. So it was great. But besides the loss, there's no, you can't beat free food and free drinks at a football game. No. So, no, yeah. what's... And then, and from what I understand, the tailgating is is no longer, or it kind of is, but isn't. Oh no, you can still you can still tailgate. Just like uh, after a certain point, uh, like when the game starts, they start to crack out, crack down on people who haven't gone in. They'll kind of go around and be like, "Okay, you guys got to either go in the stadium or you got to leave." Okay. But you like before the game, yeah, they still open the parking lots like four hours before kickoff. Okay. So, yeah, you could definitely still rage. So they, but it used to be you could come in at four in the morning or something, wasn't it? Or like they just well, you, you can like get in line. They just won't let you in. Because uh, there's definitely because when I went uh, uh, the game for my birthday, I got definitely got there way early. And then, but luckily, both the games I went to were were two of the night games we played this year. Okay, so it wasn't like I had to get up super early. I basically I got up about two in the morning, got a bunch of barbecue, uh, and then we went down to the stadium probably about like one o'clock six hours before the game and we basically got we drove right in set up our tailgate and went from there six like, hours they, before the game yeah like they say four hours but if you get there there's people already there and they will let you in usually okay so yeah and uh any now listener you guys know like eric and i have been to kansas city we've I barbecues brought up, you know, fairly regularly throughout the episodes over the years. Um, but since we have you here, KC native, what's what's your go-to barbecue to anyone visiting Kansas City for the first, second, whatever, experiencing barbecue for the first time in Kansas City? Where would you go? I you you have to hit up multiple spots. I always say because I don't necessarily have a favorite. 
necessarily barbecue place. I have like favorite sauces and favorite like niches of each of them got differently. But for a first time tourist, I'd always say definitely Gates right off the bat because no, there's nothing like getting yelled at as soon as you walk in a restaurant. Now is that the Gates on? Uh, is that on Main Street? Uh, well, actually, my personal favorite Gates is the one over on uh, on Cleaver and uh, Pacel. Okay. Because basically, like they like I said, they all have like little niche things there, and at that one, they have uh, like roasted pit potatoes, which are phenomenal. Oh man! And, uh, so it's like a smoked like, smoked potato. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, it's smoked. Yeah, smoked sliced like diced potatoes. Oh yeah, really good. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. See, I did not know that. Oh yeah, and then like if you ever go into the one on the Brooklyn, uh, they have chili there, like a barbecue chili, and it's also amazing. Now, do they have cornbread there? Because that would just be. Uh, I, hmm, I don't know. I mean, that's Maybe. to me like cornbread and chili is a deadly combination, right there. I mean, uh-huh. you know, need something to sop that up. So Gates, oh yeah, definitely Gates. Have you done the uh, Have you done the Woodyard over on Merriam Lane? Uh Woodyard's pretty good. I haven't gone to Woodyard in quite a while, but Woodyard's pretty good. I I'm a Missouri person, so I I tend to stick in Missouri for the most part. Okay. Okay. But um, but yeah, going back down the list after Gates, I'd say definitely Arthur Bryant's because those are our two like staples. Absolutely. Uh, In fact, we I, just, we did a Sportsaholics Arthur Bryant video. It's up on our Facebook page, listeners. Oh, you, there we go. If you haven't, just go find it on Facebook. It's a it's a nice day trip through Kansas City. I took Eric on. Yeah. But, Man, uh, there we go. But yeah, Arthur Bryant's legendary. I mean, you you kind of hope. That the line's not super long, like out the door, but there's so many pictures of celebrities that have been through there. You yeah, can, celebrities, presidents, like it's yeah. The the pictures on the wall itself and the just the history of that place that makes you want to go there. Yeah, it just know what you want when you stand there, like because they can, you know, you, you'll get jumped in line. They'll be like, "What do you want?" And then you're like, "Uh," and then they'll just be like, "Next." And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just but keep it moving. Yeah. Yep. Just look at the menu. It's simple. It's not. It's pretty basic. But I've seen people like just panic and just get start saying stuff, and then their tray comes out and it has like four pounds of meat on it, and they're just like, "I ordered all this." They're like, "Yep, yep, uh, <laughs> that'll be thirty-two dollars." Thank you. Yep. It's funny. I actually, I, had a, I took a friend last night to Gates for her very first time. Now she's from here. At Gates, but she's never actually been there. I was like, wait a minute. We got to stop what we're doing. We're going so you can go get yelled at and know what's going on in this place. And it definitely blew her mind. But it, it, it was kind of shocking to me. Somebody from here who's never actually been to Gates. I was like, whoa, we got to change that right now. That's classic Kansas City, though, man. It's something about Kansas City people. They just, they're cool just chilling with, in that area, wherever they are. You know, it's like. Oh, yeah. So many people in Kansas City haven't even been to Omaha or St. Louis. You know, I don't know. I guess that's more of a Midwest people don't really. I guess that's the mm-hmm. the luxury of having children. Uh, something I haven't experienced yet. That kind of anchors you Me down. Me either. I'm still riding that good old no baby train. Yeah. yeah. You want to go to Omaha? Let's go right now, Rico. <laughs> you yeah, and I. Yeah. We head out. Uh, um, yeah, I come from a big family, and I'm, I'm a, a uncle of 18. So that's, that's my love to the world. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's nice. I've, I'm an uncle to, um, like, a godfather to to uh, my cousin's kids down in uh, San Diego. And it's great. It's nice. Right. We went down for a birthday. You kind of, you're like, oh, okay. This, these kids look up to me. They're excited. You know, it makes you feel good, you know. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And you get to be the cool uncle. I mean, nothing cooler than that. 
Yeah, because you you can have all the fun and send them back home. Yep, and you know, just uh, and eventually they're twenty one. You can go get drunk with them. Whatever that happens, yep. you, you know, I'm uh-huh. still waiting. I'm just that's just more. I'm assuming yeah, I still that. Yeah, I still got, I think, uh, two years. My oldest niece turns 19 in February. So, yeah, <laughs> we're almost there. Nice, nice. Um, well, okay, well, since I mentioned Omaha, have you been up to a Kansas City Royals AAA affiliate Omaha Storm Chasers game? Uh, I haven't actually been to a Storm Chasers game in a long time. Man, it's... But, but you have been? Yes. Now, when you went, was it at Rosenblatt Stadium? Uh, that's not the new one, right? That's the older one, right? Yeah, that's the the new one's downtown. The old Rosenblatt. Yeah, see, yeah. Well, we I went to the old one. Yeah. Okay. Because I know they also. Uh, or I think no, I'm actually not confused that with Iowa. Because I know Iowa's got the College World Series. No, no, I've, that's I've that's gone. that's Omaha. Okay, okay, same thing. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember uh, we played a show, man, like ten years ago, uh, like when the College World Series was going on, and it was like, man, this is a madhouse. We kind of got. We didn't get to see like some of the, or uh, like to w- actually watch a game, but we kind of like saw the people and got to see like a little bit of it. But yeah, we were focused on playing music. But yeah, that is a, g- a good baseball atmosphere up there as well. Now, surely you weren't playing Christmas music in the middle of the summer. What kind of music? <laughs> what kind of music were you playing, Rico? Oh, we were playing lovely reggae and sky. The oh, old boys of the new. R- the new rhythm. We're actually. Actually, I think at that time we might have been called the New Rhythm All-Stars. One of my favorite bands. Uh, yeah. Seen them live uh, a couple times. You can find them online uh, somewhere. You guys got multiple albums up. It's, it's just New Rhythm. Oh, yeah. You're, we're we're all, all, all the streaming sites. New Rhythm. Uh, we, we like to spell rhythm like the Jamaican way. It's good old R-I-D-D-I-M. Yes. For, for the, the people who don't know. The New Rhythm. Yeah, forget yeah. the H's and the T's. It's just R I D D I M. Yeah. What about uh, the Double A team down in Arkansas? Have you been down there? For- I, I have not gone down there. No. Okay. But that would be a nice trip to make too, sometime for sure. And what I'm getting at, listeners, is Rico's one of the biggest Royals fans you could ever meet. Oh um, man, Royals American baseball all day. Thank you. You brought, so every Royals victory uh, on social media, you'll see Rico with the Royals America baseball. Then that's one of the best things you can see as a Royals fan. And oh, yeah. un- unfortunately, in recent years, you don't see it as frequently as you'd like to. Yeah, but, um, yeah. The last couple of years, but that's all right. How did you? How did you start that? How did that start? Because you've been doing that. Um, I don't know. It seems like four yeah, or five I think seasons. It started- yeah, it started, I, I want to say, back in either 2012 or 13. Um, I, I Honestly, I, I think I was, like, drunk at a, a game and was like, oh, we won, Royals America Baseball, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah, it's catchy. It, yeah. I don't know. I think it, uh, it's a catchy slogan. I think it, there's some good mojo behind it um, over the years, you know, especially through the playoffs. Um through that run, how many how many games do you make it to a year out the coffin? Uh it man. Okay, before uh, I, I'll give you a rundown. When when we were not good, I would go to probably about thirty five games a year because tickets they would just give them out, no problem. Yep. That kind of changed a little bit of fourteen because I instead of like you know getting tickets for cheaper or, or getting tickets, I had to start buying some more. So I ended up cutting it down to about like 
I think like 15 to 20 games. And then after we won the World Series, it got really hard in 16. I think in 16, I only went to like five games. Uh, in 17, I think I went to another five. And then uh, 18 and 19, it was like maybe 10 each. Okay. Like it just, yeah. But now that we're not as good, but we're hopefully getting better, we'll still be back out there. Yeah. No, I mean, there's like a good, good game at the coffin. We got new ownership now. Uh, yeah. Manager. It's, it's a, as a new chapter in the, the Royals playbook right now. Yep. Salvi got a whole year off after catching for 12 straight years or however long. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, man. Yeah. He needed that too. And I also, I think you're saying that he's, um, might start to play a little bit of first base now. I, if they want to Joe Maurer that, that's fine. I mean, the problem is yeah. you can't really hit that well. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, compared yeah, to Ryan O'Hearn or whoever else they're going to have at first, you know, it's not wow. that bad. Uh, yeah. But it's, just, it's a young team, but I, I kind of was hoping to see a little bit more out of Mondesi. I think maybe this is kind of a make-or-break year. Um, yeah, he was a little, I think, last year a little bit. And or I think it was two years ago he was suspended. But yeah, last year I think he was hurt a little bit. Yeah. He, he's shown some flat. He's got some promise. He's a good guy really my favorite has like over the years now has become Solaire like as a good yeah. power hitter yeah. maybe not great instantly in fielding but man he can hit the ball I mean the injuries just decimated I mean look they after I mean in 16 you have Moustakis and Alex Gordon both gone I think combined they probably yeah. missed 130 40 games or something like that yeah and I, and I, and I always tied that to like man they had played those two long seasons of the postseason I think that kind of took a toll on them too. Yeah, because uh, yeah. going to Game Seven and fourteen, and uh, yeah, all the, another deep playoff run at fifteen, and then with, oh yeah, I think that just kind of took its toll on the guys. And yeah, injury started to pop up then. Well, I, that was what I think. Uh, well, I know one of my favorite parts about the postseason experience, uh, both in fourteen and in fifteen, in Kansas City, was that everyone just showed up like they were going to a Chiefs game, but they just oh, yeah. they oh, just man. wore royal stuff. <laughs> it was Oh yeah. It it was definitely crazy. Uh I was yeah lucky enough to go to to four playoff games. Uh in fourteen I went when we won the Bennett, the the Orioles. That was awesome. That was something I never thought I'd ever see growing up as a Royals fan because I grew or I was born in eighty six, the year after we won the World Series, and I basically saw either mediocre baseball or 100 loss plus seasons so, yeah the 2005 yeah. i mean just some very lean years and that and i was in oh, yeah. la at that time so i was trying to okay. hard convert to dodgerism you know yeah. at that point but yeah those were i think 103 losses or 100 and yeah I, th- I think we got up to 106 106 and 05 i yeah. think yeah yeah like it was like oh man i mean you're talking very early, I think that might have been Alex Gordon's rookie year. No, no, his rookie year was like oh six or oh seven. I think it's I think it's oh seven. I think. Yeah. yeah, but I think maybe Billy Butler, but it's like Mike Sweeney, like what? Yeah, yeah, that was for the end of Sweeney. Butler was like young. Yeah, yeah, it was just and, yeah horrible. Man, that <laughs> not the best Royals team. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, Billy Butler was our all star. I think for twenty six straight seasons somehow. <laughs> It was ridiculous, yeah. um, and we had we had some interesting managers during that time too. Like man, 
Yeah. yeah, you had the Pena years. Um, See, I, I didn't, I didn't mind Tony Pena. It's just like after that, I think it was that '03 season where we had the winning year. That second half where we just dipped. I was like, oh, that's where he lost it. But uh, that's all right. Yeah, it's weird. I can look back on the '13 season. It was a series against the White Sox right after the All Star break, and the Royals uh-huh. had been they'd been hot. And anyway, they were rallying. In the ninth, and Chris gets overruns third base, gets tagged out, game's over. Um, uh, and then it yeah. just was, it all just fell apart after that. But I always look back, yep. I'm like, man, you know, maybe if Chris gets doesn't get tagged out at third, maybe they like win that game. And then, you know, just dreaming. And then little did yep. I know my dreams would be answered the following year. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 13 was a good year for sure. That was our first winning season, I think, in 10 years. Uh, we we were you could you could see like man they're starting to get good, and then it, it really happened uh, I think it was uh, after the All Star break at fourteen when we got Ryle Abanez and he was just like these guys are fearing you like just yeah like you guys can play and we took off from there yeah no Raul the coach the coach yeah. on the field um, yeah definitely the coach on the field. Yeah, 13, I believe was the year that they sent Mustakas back down to Double A for like a month. Um, that if that might have been also the season that they put George Brett on the bench for a month or so. Oh yeah, he he was our hitting coach. Yeah, and so uh, I remember going to a game and like Mustakas just struck out like just on three pitches, just nasty, just not even close. So his next man. at bat, he just sits there. He d- like I know George Brett grabbed him and was like, "Your next at bat, you just you're not swinging." And he ended up walking. <laughs> he didn't swing the bat once. His next day, oh, man. and I know it was George Brett. Just like, no, you're not swinging. I don't care what you see. You are not. Sw- the bat does not leave your shoulder the next time you go yep. up there. And he ended up walking on like five pitches. Man, you know. And so, anyway, growing pains. But but I wanted yep. to full circle back to the Rico Pierce sings Christmas Volume Three. Ah, there we go. Volume you know, Two. I have a Christmas box set now. And Volume One. Okay. Yes. What year is Volume One? Is that that's what fifteen? Uh, no, we did we did Volume One back in two thousand eleven, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Volume Two came out in two thousand fourteen, and here we are five years later. Volume Three is this hit the airway. Was it that long ago? Because I know you were it nice enough to, that, yeah. to to autograph a copy for my mother one year. I definitely did. Yep. To Judy. Yep. From Rico. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge. She loved it. And so, still bumps go. it every year. So I got to get awesome. her, co- got to get her a copy of Volume Three. Um, there we go. And if you guys, if you go to uh, Rico Pierce, it's R I C O P I E R C E dot Bandcamp dot com. Um, the the album will pop up there. You can listen to it, and then of course, just go to Twitter, Instagram, our Facebook page. We'll put links up there um, as well. But all the all the all the songs on today's episode. Are samples from these albums, so go check them out. It's a nice way to mix up, you know, just the mundane. Heard it before, heard it, you know, um, year after year Christmas song. So Rico, oh, yeah. I want to personally thank you for that. Oh yeah, like that's like, like I said back in 2011. That was my gift to the world because honestly, I'm not a big Christmas person. But like I said, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I thought that was a good gift to just kind of give to people so yeah and it dawned into two more after that so yeah yeah well i'm and you fill out a santa suit very nicely 
<laughs> well, it helps to be 6'5", 300-plus pounds. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, but, hey, uh, good luck. I know you got some shows coming up. Good luck with those. I know they're going to go well. And, again, listeners, go to Rico Pierce, R-I-C-O-P-I-E-R-C-E dot bandcamp dot com. Bandcamp dot com. Um, that, any, did I miss any plugs or anything? I Oh, well, we got to talk about the Chiefs, man. Yeah, bring it. Good old, yeah, good old Chiefs America football. Because we got the Royals American baseball. Can't forget about the Chiefs America football, too. What, uh, I mean, as we're recording this, we're going in. Uh, we've got two weeks left in, this, in the 2019 season, just in case you're listening in the future. Um, and as a Chiefs fan, it's kind of all hands on deck all all indications point right to super bowl victory what are you oh man yeah and i it's funny i do mention that in the christmas record i was like patrick mahomes mvp can we get a red parade super bowl keep it open oh (laughs) we got a shot man especially with the the sign of a good old t-sugs oh man our defense Stay solid. Offense keeps scoring points. This could could be our year. Yeah, it's you know it's in the games where the offense like isn't clicking. You're just like oh, you watch. You're like oh, Travis Kelsey only has four catches. You know they just took him out of the game. You know and but then they adapt to that as the season goes on. They're like all right. So when this happens, now we'll go do this thing. I mean Tyreek Hill was banged up for a little bit. Mahomes was banged up for a little bit. So. At this point in the season, they're kind of, they're gelling at the perfect time. The defense is playing. You know, it's it doesn't even look like the same defense from the first you know ten weeks of the season. Oh yeah, like yeah, they I, I think it's finally clicked because they weren't they had played together. It's like yeah, our new defense, new new defensive coordinator, new players. It, it just I think took them a little time. They showed a couple flashes. A little bit in the beginning of the year, and then they had that plateau in October where October wasn't a good month, and part of November really wasn't. But since then, like they, they looks like they've gotten it together. I think we're of the last four games we're averaging like uh, giving up nine points a game. So like that in itself is amazing. We can keep that up. That's definitely Super Bowl caliber uh, defense right there. Now I know you were. Pretty young, like when George Brett was retiring in, uh, I believe, 92. Um, yeah, I, de- I, yeah, I definitely got to see George Brett play, but, I, yeah, I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely remember. But, you know, being, you know, submerged in the Kansas City sports scene your entire life, can you recall or has there ever been any one player that's had um, so much fanfare behind them and been as popular as Patrick Mahomes has been oh, man. the past two years? Honestly, probably not, because football is a different monster. Like, baseball, it's America's pastime, but they play 162 games. NFL, there's 16 regular season games. It just it gives you that hunger. Like, you don't get it as much. And just to have a generational player like that as quarterback, hopefully our next 10 to 15 years, Man, we could we could be on the verge of seeing some greatness. Yeah, hopefully for I mean, all I I'm just asking for ten years. Just I'm cool with that. You yeah. know, if this is year two, eight more seasons. That's you know, that's more than enough opportunity. Oh yeah, to get it yeah, done. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, from afar, I mean, I was like, you know, there were spurts like after the World Series where you could say Hosmer, like when every kid in Kansas City under 12 had Eric Hosmer's haircut. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Mustakis was obviously popular. But other than that, I mean, Derek Thomas, you know, and. I was going to say, maybe Derek. Yeah, in the mid nineties, maybe a little Neil. bit of Bo Jackson, but yeah, man, it's it, it's nothing, nothing like I don't think like Mahomes. I but mean, I, I, I think another thing that's changed that though is like social media, because like and and more endorsements. Like you see these guys all everywhere now. It wasn't like so so much like that, like back when uh, Derek Thomas and Bo Jackson were in their like primes. Well, like they would you would see a couple commercials, but nothing like it is now. Well, the thing with Bo was. Um, you know, obviously a great player, you know, all-star and all the highlights, everything. You know, loved in Kansas City. But then a month later, he comes back, you know, in a Raiders uniform. Yeah, and, I know. That's and runs it down your like, throat. Oh, you're you're man, just like, yeah. hey, hey, come on, man. I'm trying to like you, but you play for the uh-huh. enemy too. It, yep, it's a, it's yep. a weird, very strange dynamic as a kid to try to – I'm like, I don't want to hang up this poster because he's – it's a Raiders poster as much as it is a Royals poster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Another thing we will probably never see again either, two sport players. Him and Dion were like the last two. Uh, so Brian, Brian Jordan with the Falcons and the Cardinals. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy too, yeah. Okay. He did it up until the late 90s, I think, like 96 or 7 maybe. Uh-huh, yeah. um, I think even later maybe with football. Uh I know, like recently, like Kyler Murray, <clears throat> Kyler Murray, the Cardinals quarterback, drafted. I think. Yeah, see, he he could play baseball. Yeah. I mean, he took like five. He, should, he, he should have probably been a pitcher. Well, I mean, he took he'd make a little bit of money too. So yeah. You know, and similar with Mahomes was a shortstop, so he's got the little uh-huh. sidearm thing. But he took five million from Oakland and signed with them. That was the big thing, and then he ended up. Um, you know, going to Oklahoma instead of to spring training. And then I remember last year, and he's like, no, I'm going to go to the draft. And then he gave back yeah. Oakland all the money. I mean, so you could have had something there. Maybe if he wasn't a quarterback, you know, a defensive player or a safety or something, it's easier yeah. to do. But Oh, yeah. A quarterback there, oh, you're not playing two sports for sure. Yeah. Too much yeah. money is invested in the QBs now, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but I, I don't know. I like the Chiefs' chances. I – I think I wouldn't put money on it just because the odds are probably so bad, you know. Like yeah. I, I put money on the Royals in fifteen, but oh yeah, that was. But it was whole, it was like it was four to one at the time because they were winning okay. and like they had a good record. I mean, it was horrible odds, but ha- half of me want, just bought the ticket to prove that the Royals at one point had four to one odds to win the World Series. You know, okay. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like for a brief moment in time, incredibly unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, we were, man. Um, and hopefully, the Chiefs will be incredibly <clears throat> unstoppable for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, as long as Andy sticks around, I love Andy. You know. Yeah, and Andy just turned sixty, so yeah, he's he definitely has well five to ten years coaching. I bet. Left. Yeah, the big chief, the big chief's yeah. got to drop a few pounds, kind of. Oh yeah, big red. Well. He likes cheeseburgers and barbecue and prime rib, man. So, I mean, who does? You want to lose weight in? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right about that. Um, well, Rico, I appreciate the time. And listeners, please go to ricopierce.bandcamp.com. 
um, find Rico Pierce Sings Christmas Volumes 1, 2, and 3. Uh, hey, I don't know when I'll be back in, around Kansas City, um, but you will be notified if and when uh, my, my next return. But it's good catching up, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, all right? All right, I just want to give one shout-out to the band, the Rico Pierce Christmas Time Players, for making all three volumes of Rico Pierce Sings Christmas phenomenal. Thanks, guys. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun's will shine by day and all the stars at night. Rico, thank you, and God bless the Chiefs and the Royals and the new rhythm. Remember, R-I-D-D-I-M, not rhythm. Rhythm. Look that up, listeners. Great band. Uh, thanks for the time, Rico. Appreciate it. And thanks for the the music, for putting that out in the world for all of us to enjoy. And that's why I wanted to have you on, Rico, is so that we Thank can Thank you, all, Rico. Uh, yeah, so everyone else can listen and laugh and enjoy the work. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and that's I think that's about it. I know it's like I'm looking at the the episode. I'm like, you know what? It it's a long episode, but it's been it's a, a while. Christmas. It's, it's a, a last... it's an overstuffed goose. It's a yeah. big holiday fiesta, fiesta, guys. We haven't been we haven't done enough for you in the last month, so we overstuffed one, guys. It's uh, the turducken of podcast episodes. It's it's so great, but we got cheese. I mean, we got Tripoli with the last trip to the black hole. Thank you again, Tripoli and new Christmas music from Rico. Yep. Uh, thank you, Rico. Um, and, and, and I, I don't think this will be the last episode of the year. Um, it probably won't be. Um, Let's just be honest, but I want to, you know, and you guys might be listening to this on Christmas day and hopefully you had a good Christmas, had a good Hanukkah. Hopefully there weren't any Kwanzaa. I want to make sure you guys yes. all had the, Seven days of Kwanzaa. Or Festivus, another growing one. Festivus um, for the rest of us from the O'Keefe family who wrote the episode of Seinfeld. The, uh, Shout out to the O'Keefe family. But I uh, wanted to wish you guys all a happy holidays to you and your family. And thank you guys for listening and sharing the episode with your friends and rating it and reviewing it, all that. Just supporting the episode. Thank you guys so much for doing that. If you haven't uh, rated it and all that kind of stuff, take a second to do that would be incredible it would be a nice little gift to us to us for the thank holidays. you guys you are a gift to us all the time thank you again for yes. listening cheeser merry christmas yeah man merry christmas man it uh it, it's hard to get in in the uh the groove being out here um you know in warmer weather but um you know i went ice skating a couple days ago so out at the queen mary uh, in Long Beach and didn't fall down. So uh, to me, that was like a huge victory. I still got it. The athletic prowess. That was your anniversary, correct? Yes, yes. Had a great yes, day. happy anniversary to you and your offensive coordinator. Yes, She is you, amazing. Well, You're better half. And, and you and yours, I hope, have a great holidays up in New Hampshire in the beautiful forest and pines, and hopefully it snows, but not enough where you get – where it's annoying and you can't really drive. Just the right amount. Yes. I hear what you're saying. From the AFC, guys, signing off from the AFC East Championship New England Patriots here in New Hampshire. And from I'm Eric Marino. And from the AFC West, four time back to back to back. Wait, back to back to back to back. AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. I'm John Cheezer signing I'm Eric Reno, guys. That's been our show. Stay obsessed. Stay obsessed.
Why?